Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be delving into the symbology used by a soul book to represent you and what this means from the simple to the complex. Before beginning to read your soul book, it's wise to investigate how it's constructed. This may be the one and only time you can honestly judge a book by its cover. Your soul book is a symbolic representation of you, and each aspect of it represents you in some manner. The appearance of your book, how big it is, its condition, construction, decorations, all have meaning and speak to who you are. Size, seeming age, type of paper, type of binding, locked or not, clean-cut or ragged pages, piano or strap hinges, thick or thin, all of these have meaning. For example, bound in leather means you've lived multiple lives. Bound in clean leather, slim with maybe clear embossed lettering, often means you've lived a few embodied lives and most of your time has been in the Akashics. It also indicates you could be a newer soul with a great deal of potential and an advanced understanding of life in the universe. A leather binding with cracks and strap hinges, with a lot of pages which have ragged edges and lots of wear and tear, can mean you've lived many lives and been doing this for quite a while. Dust on your soul book can mean you've been resting up from some previous event and this life is your first trip back. The color of the binding may be associated with a culture you feel most closely attuned to, a society, a type of soul, or type of soul work you do, to name a few options. Soul books can appear with iridescent pink leather bindings, covers made from the supple steel of dragon skin, or woven from angel feathers. Most books are usually a leather book color, brown to reddish brown, which just means color isn't a big part of your story. If your bookbinding has a color other than reddish-brown, it's something to note and possibly research. Some books have writing on the front or back or spine, and this has meaning, but it won't necessarily represent itself in your current primary language. There have been many hundreds of languages on the earth during the lifetime of man, and there are far more languages not associated with humans at all. Oftentimes, the writing on soul books is in a language best suited to the concepts it expresses, or to a language or culture your soul accepts as primary or significant. Your book will not necessarily translate this for you into your current language. This can be due to languages imbuing each letter or character in their lexicon with layers of meaning, such as those in Hebrew or the Celtic Futhark. Translating the writing to another language will lose the symbolic information and a large part of the actual meaning which is intended. If there's writing and it's not in your primary language, you may be able to read or interpret the writing immediately through just knowing, or you may need to write it down and research it later. Or the meaning may be brought to you in dream time after working with your book for a time, so it pays to be patient and not struggle too hard to get the meaning immediately. In fact, don't be discouraged if it doesn't make sense right away. Know the language it is written in has a specific meaning for your soul, and you'll come to understand it in time. 
sometimes writing on a soul book won't appear at all. Instead, there'll be a rectangular, square, or round space where the characters should be, and the space appears to be a bit like a wishing well with no bottom. Looking at it draws you in and gives you the sense it's a portal into a different dimensional space. This is true, and not an optical illusion. You're seeing the function of the writing rather than its form. In other words, you're getting the process, which is a means of accessing deep truths and the soul-level knowing about yourself, but without the symbols your logic brain normally uses. On a similar note, not all the information in your soul book will be available to you at any given time. If we were able to remember everything we are and have been while we're in our bodies, we would. In fact, there would be no need for soul books at all. To be embodied is to put an infinite being into a finite space, and in order to make this work, you've chosen in intricate relational detail the traits, preferences, skills, and understandings which will best serve your purpose for this embodiment. Your soul book, you, knows this and so will work to keep you safe from learning things which could harm you or keep you from achieving your goals in this life. On the other hand, in preparing for this embodied life, you may have chosen not to experience certain traits or skills you've gained in previous lives, and therefore parts of the book may make no sense to you, catch you off guard, or bring on vague feelings of deja vu. As you're now reawakening to who you truly are in this life and what is possible by consciously opening yourself to your soul's nature, it's more than likely you've met or even exceeded your own soul's previous expectations and are now ready and capable of remembering these skills or experiences through working with your soul book. Therefore, don't be discouraged if you're unable to read or understand something on the first try. You may be able to do so with the next. Many soul books have large mandala-style round symbols on their front cover along with embossed text. Most students have difficulty deciphering these symbols and, after trying to work with them a few times, simply give up on them as unreadable or irrelevant. Yet, they're the symbol which represents the student's soul. They could be the key to understanding this lifetime and the self beyond it. There are reference books in the library which discuss these symbols, including the various types of information they convey, how they're encoded into such symbols, as well as the symbol iconography of angels and several other beings which use this system regularly. Learning, or remembering, how this works can give the student information they need to start making sense of their book's symbol and hence of themselves. Round symbols indicate associations. Much like family crests or the guild symbols from medieval Europe, they encode a great deal of meaning into a series of interconnected images. Native American tribes use this type of communication to decorate shields, which are less about defense and more about a means of expressing who the person is and how they interact with the world. For example, a shield with crows and buffalo speaks of a very serious, service-oriented person with a curious mind who more than likely has spiritual gifts and may work as a healer, but have no sense of humor. Someone else with deer and hawk can have a quick hand and eye, making them gifted in crafts and games, but leave them with no heart for long-term projects. Souls utilize the energy form of a round or circle, displayed in the center of their chest or on the front cover of a soul book, 
as a means of indicating their associations, relationships, roles, and service orientation. This is the closest thing most souls have to a name, as there is simply no need for one outside of embodied life. Names are a convention only useful for those who are encased in flesh and unable to communicate instantaneously by merging with the other being simultaneously. Round symbols are highly detailed conversations, which are constantly updating who the person is, what they're currently responsible for, or what role they inhabit. This causes the symbol to act somewhat like pictures in the Harry Potter movies, the various details moving and interacting with each other, allowing the viewer to intake volumes of information about the other at a glance without needing to stop and interact. Like a fireman's badge and uniform, this symbol explains who the soul is, what they're doing and being, what we can expect from them, and how to approach if we wish to connect. Not all souls, nor all soul books, will have a round symbol. These rounds are not something assigned to everyone, but instead are acquired as a soul matures and enters into service. If you notice one on your book, I recommend you ask your librarian for help reading it. You can find information about the Akashic Library, librarians, and accessing your soul book in my Akashic Level 1 class. More than likely, they'll bring you another book, which can seem annoying or like a non-answer, but go with it. This new book will be smaller, newer looking, probably brightly colored and enticing. It's a manual or how-to guide for the career your soul has when not embodied, which explains the primary role or association being displayed in the symbol. Feel free to examine the binding of this book as well, then open it. More than likely, it will provide you with summary information, pictures, and even movies. When you're done, or the book closes on its own, you can give it back to the librarian. Looking back at your soul book, the symbol should now be more clear, focused, and relatable. Just as I described with any writing which might appear, you may make sense of the symbol or symbols on your soul book right away, you may not understand them at all, or you may figure it all out later. However, with symbols, it's also possible this is a nugget, a catch pocket of knowledge which may open to you when you focus on it. Don't be concerned if this is the case. I think of these as buried treasures being unearthed. If the symbol is a nugget, it may not be accessible to you the first time you see it. It might glow and be too bright for you to focus on, or your eyes might skip over it repeatedly. This just means it isn't the right time to open it. Go on to the next thing, knowing you'll be able to access the wisdom on another occasion. Reading your soul book is really a conversation between your embodied self and your fully integrated self. Just like really good conversations in embodied life, they can progress, leaping from one subject to another, seemingly at random, but with one thread of interconnectedness. The joy of the interaction can make time seem to fly. If you look at your book closely and see a symbol on the front or on the spine, writing on the front or spine, or embossed designs in various places, you may be led to see patterns in things, connect dots, or even recognize the edges of a bigger picture forming. They can help you to understand something pertinent to yourself now, or you may come to a revelation later only to have this insight lead to another aspect of the book, and another connection, and another idea and another inspiration, and so on. 
And as you may have noticed in dream time or through other Akashic experiences, while sight is our key sense in embodied life, it can be complicated in the Akashics. Our minds can play tricks with us, making something look one way when it's actually somewhat or quite a bit different. This is why it's so helpful to hold things or touch them rather than just looking. Not only does this help you focus, but your sense of touch will put the lie to any information your mind is trying to convince you of. With a soul book, it's not uncommon for students to see their book as a regular hardback size. However, most are 2 foot wide by 3.5 foot tall, which is 0.61 meters by 1.7 meters, and 6 inches to 8 inches thick, 15 to 20 centimeters. Touching the book will shift the visual to match the reality almost instantaneously. It's important to keep in mind your eyes will skip over things, insert more comfortable versions, or adjust what you're seeing to meet your expectations. So the first thing to do while you're looking is start feeling the book with your hands. With objects, trust your hands more than your head. Check for what type of material was used to bind it. Is it hardcover or soft like a journal? Is there writing? Is there a place where writing should be? Is there a round place for a symbol? Can you see a symbol there? What about thickness? Are there leather or metal straps holding it together? Are there hinges? Examine everything and assume nothing. Let your hands tell your eyes what's there and have your eyes guide your hands in their explorations. Most of all, note that your soul book is a living thing. It's a part of you, responsive to your touch and excited to get started. Remember throughout this process, your guides or the Akashic librarians are available to help you learn the meaning of things and sort out what is being presented to you. It's fairly common for students to get overwhelmed, very internal and reflective, therefore finish their meditation or journey and have no idea what experiences mean or are for. The thing to remember is you can go back at any time and ask. This isn't a one-and-done process. Also, you can practice taking things slower, stopping or pausing after a significant event or moment and ask for advice, wisdom, and guidance. Then, once you have it, let this inform what you do next. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can find all my offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Terry Uctana. Thanks. Bye.